Welcome to this episode of Come Follow Me, Disciples Journey. Uh, this episode, we'll talk about section 98. For this uh, section, um, and for this discussion, if you listen to the podcast, I want you to think back to some of the things I said in the episode for section 97, what's going on in July and August of 1833. Uh, recall that Joseph is in Ohio, and the saints in Missouri at this time are experiencing a significant increase in the persecution. Um, saints are confronted and uh, by mobs, and Bishop Partridge is, uh, and, and at least one other man come out, and they offer themselves basically as a sacrifice. Um, and they say, listen, you can do whatever you want to us if, you, if that'll appease you. Um, and so they end up tarring and feathering them. And they actually endured this beating and this uh, torture with such dignity and humility uh, that the mob ends up just kind of leaving and dispersing. Um, for the time being, but they come back and they demand that the saints leave. Uh, the saints ask for time and they're given like 15 minutes. Uh, and so they are able to strike a deal that they would be out by January of 1834. Most of them with the remainder being out by April of 1834. But as we'll see, the mob I mean, it's a mob. It's mobocracy. They don't hold to that. And the saints are going to experience significant persecution uh, even before they're able to get out. So this is, this is starting to happen. Um, they burn the printing press and other buildings in, in Missouri there with the saints. And... Uh, but Joseph doesn't know any of this is going on. He's far away. It takes time. I mean, there's not Twitter. You can't get on, hop on Twitter and find out or call someone up and say, Hey, how's it going, uh, Bishop? So he receives Section 98. Obviously, he knows that there's contention because the contention had started beforehand. So he knows that there's this persecution and uh, tensions are rising, but he doesn't know to what level. So, um, the prophet receives this revelation on August 6th, and then a few days later, he receives word of what's actually happening. So it's important to know that he doesn't know what's happening when he receives this revelation, because the Lord does know, and he gives Joseph the answer to what they should do before he even knows, he being Joseph, that he has that question. Section 98 deals with how to, uh, I mean, it, it deals with retaliation and war and forgiveness and how the saints should react and handle these persecutions that are, that are significant. Especially considering I mean, this, this section is powerful, especially considering human nature and my human nature, and I'm sure a lot of people, and I'm sure the saints in Missouri, 
the natural reaction would be to stand strong, to stand firm, to defend and to fight back and be and feel justified in doing so. But as we'll see, that's not what the Lord wants them to do. Um, and in a somewhat poetic type of way, I guess, I don't know what the, what the right words are here, the, the men who are tarred and feathered kind of demonstrated what the Lord wanted the saints to do at large, which was to be humble and meek and to submit um, to the persecution and not retaliate. The prophet Joseph wrote of these days, uh, July, which once dawned upon the virtue and independence of the United States, think of July, July 4th, independence, now dawned upon the savage barbarity and mobocracy of Missouri. Verses 1 through 3, the Lord says, In everything give thanks, for all things work together for your good. This is how the Lord decides to start this section, this revelation. Again, Joseph doesn't know to the extent uh, to which the saints are being persecuted. But the Lord says, in, in everything, give thanks. And I think it's interesting. I think being thankful for persecution and for your hardships, I, I think that's a next level type of thing. Uh, but what we can do is be grateful in every circumstance. Uh, Elder Uchtdorf gave a great talk on this a few years back. You can look that up. But the Lord said, "Give in, in everything." And not, he didn't tell us to give thanks for everything, but in every situation and circumstance, have gratitude. And gratitude will uh, make what we have enough. It will give us the strength to endure whatever hardships we may be in at that time. In verse 3, the Lord says, uh, Wherewith you have been afflicted shall... So, sorry. All things wherewith you have been afflicted shall work together for your good. And to my name's glory, saith the Lord. So here's one of those words again. Glory, by the way, we've talked about in the last few weeks. But all things work together for our good. Section 122 is coming up here in the next few weeks. And the Lord in that section tells Joseph that all things will give him experience and be for his good. They help us to be our experiences, our hardships, our trials. Who who suffered more than all? Who did, who descended below it all? Christ. We believe all things. We hope all things. We've endured many things. We hope to be able to endure all things. Why would we say that? Because our Savior did. And who are we trying to be like? We're trying to be like Him. As we go through mortality and we face trials and troubles and persecution, we will... As we, and as we endure them well, we will become more like him. Romans chapter 5 says, And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed because of the love of God. Hope is related to what? Faith. Hope and faith are related to what? Charity. And if we have charity... Well, how about if I say it in the reverse? If we have, if we don't have charity, we are nothing, which means if we have charity, what's the inverse? We are everything. And if we have charity, pray for this charity. So, 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of work through this again as, as a progression. So tribulations give us patience. Patience give, give, and it gives us experience. And experience gives us hope. Hope, faith, faith, hope and faith give us charity. Moroni in chapter, uh, excuse me, Mormon in Moroni chapter 7 teaches us to pray with all the energy of heart for this love, to pray for charity. Why? So that when Christ comes, we shall see him as he is. Why? Because we'll be like him. But where did that start? How did we become like him? How did we get that charity and that faith and that hope? It was through the persecutions. It was through the tribulations. Anyone can be faithful in easy times, but what makes us like Christ is that in our gardens of Gethsemane, in our agony, in our trials, in our pains, in our afflictions, we can we pray to the Father and say, Remove this from me, Father. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And we continue to go through with it. That's the test of life. That's the test. Now, is it, is it the Garden of Gethsemane? No. Do we pay the same price that he paid? No. Can we pay for our own sins? No. But if, we're, if we want to be like Christ, then we should expect to pay a token of what he paid. If we want to walk with him, we should expect that our path will go through Gethsemane, up the hill of Golgotha, to the cross. It's not easy because it's not meant to be easy. It's what refines us. It's what helps us become like Him. And through the atonement of Christ, combined with our trials and troubles and our afflictions, that's, that's the crucible. That's what perfects us, refines us. Anyone can go through hard times in life, and mortality is hard. So with or without Christ, mortality is hard. But you add in Christ and the atonement, and that's all the difference. That's what makes saints. So I found in my notes, by the way, that it was Edward Partridge, William Phelps, Isaac Morley, and Sidney Gilbert, John Whitmer, and John Corll are the ones who offered themselves as a ransom. And they burned the printing shop in the residence of W.W. Phelps. They demolished the store run by Sidney Gilbert. They're running the saints out of town, and it's in this circumstance and situation the Lord says, Rejoice evermore and give and in everything give thanks. This was a call to show great faith. It was it can be hard to feel gratitude to God in the face of persecution. And it can be harder than, than in times of peace and prosperity, obviously. The promise that all things work for good and for the righteous is repeated in several places. This is a this is a pattern, this is a truth. And so what did the Lord tell the saints? First, he tells them in verse 14 not to fear. Don't fear your enemies. President Joseph F. Smith, and I'll tell you before I read this, said this in 1917. So this is a prophet speaking just, you know, uh, World War I. Um, the flu pandemic is about to hit. Uh, World War II is, you know, in Europe not is only 15 or 18 years away and worldwide is 20 or so years away. 
And so that it's at that time, President Joseph S. Smith said, we hear about living in perilous times. We are in perilous times, but I, not feel, I do not feel the pangs of that terror. It is not upon me. I propose to live that it will not rest upon me. I propose to live so that I will be immune from the perils of the world, if it be possible for me to so live, by obedience to the commandments of God and to his laws revealed for my guidance. No matter what may come to me, if I am only in the line of my duty, if I am in fellowship with God, if I am worthy of the fellowship of my brethren, if I can stand spotless before the world without blemish, without transgression of the laws of God, what does it matter to me what may happen to me? I am always ready if I am in this frame of understanding, mind, and conduct. It does not matter at all. Therefore, I borrow no trouble nor feel the pangs of fear. I think that in the time that we live in, that's something that we can learn. And this section that was given in 1833 is for us as well. In verse 38, the Lord says, This is an end sample to, to all people. So that's like an example. It means a pattern or a model of conduct. Bruce R. McConkie said, The vision of the future is not all sweetness and light and peace. All that is yet to be shall go forward in the midst of greater evils and perils and desolations that have been known on earth at any time. The way ahead is dark and dreary and dreadful. There will be yet there will yet be martyrs. The doors in Carthage shall again enclose the innocent. We have not been promised that trials and evils of this world will entirely pass us by. So, in other words, the saints may yet have to have cause to look to the laws of retaliation, war, and forgiveness on how to respond to persecution. The Savior taught, taught us in John chapter sixteen. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. But in the world ye shall have tribulation. Be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. This is for us. It's for us in our day. Elder McConkie says there's hard times ahead. But President Joseph F. Smith told us we don't need to feel the pangs of the fear. The Lord taught us also in section 98, one of the reasons the people, the saints were undergoing this was they had, they had sinned. I've mentioned this throughout this year. They, there are several things, but at least one of the things is they went to Missouri before they were supposed to, and not in an orderly fashion that they had been commanded. The Lord was chastening them in verse 21. said that I, the Lord, will chasten them. He's purifying them. That's what it's about. Um, one final thought of section 98, and I just mentioned it in the, um, is the law of retaliation, the law of war, and the law of forgiveness. Smith and Jodal, who are uh, commentators on scripture, um, just said, you know, basically the, the Old Testament law was an eye for an eye, tooth for tooth, but the Savior said, no, nope, that's, that's not the way you do it. If you, someone takes something from you, uh, say here, if he takes your coat, say here's my cloak as well, right? And, uh, you know, the world says, hey, look, you should retaliate. Like, someone did you wrong. What do you think the courts are for? That's like, that's why they're here, here for. I'm here to tell you and, and, and bear personal testimony and experience that that type of retaliation goes nowhere, gets you nothing. Um... I was, for what I believe, wholly and completely unreasonable and ridiculousness all around sued. I went through a lawsuit here in the United States for a little over two years. 
It was resource sapping, energy sapping. It was one of the harder experiences of my life, mentally and emotionally and spiritually, just exhausting and draining. And we had the opportunity to retaliate, but we didn't because I learned that no one wins. What joy would that get me? There have been times since that time when business relations have wronged me or my business. And people have said, oh, you should file a lawsuit. To what end? What good is that going to do? And that, I think, is what the Savior was trying to teach us. That retaliation does no good for anyone. But in forgiveness, which is another law that Smith and Jodal talk about, that it's, it's taught in this section, in, in forgiveness we find the balm of Gilead. We find the soothing for our souls. The Old Testament law was to forgive your brother three times. That's why when Peter said, hey, should we, we could forgive him seven times, that's over two times more than the Old, Testament, the old law. And Christ essentially said, Infinite number. When he said, so that's when he said, when he says 70 times 7, think of how much higher that is than 3 or than 7. And that was Christ's point. He wasn't putting a number on it, but it was to say, always, always forgive. Why? Because when, we're, when we forgive, we are forgiven. When we offer that forgiveness, whether the person deserves it or wants it, we receive the atoning power to heal us and the hurt that happened to us. And I think that in my studies, one thing I've come away with this week is an understanding that this section is for us in our day. There's going to be need for us to with, with uh, stand persecution and to abide the law of retaliation and forgiveness and to be grateful in all circumstances. It's going to be harder, not easier, to be a disciple of Christ. The closer and closer the day of of Christ's return gets. President Nelson has already told us that this this adversary is quadrupling his efforts. But we can find hope, we can find peace, we can find light. through gratitude and through the atonement of Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you join me as we continue our study. Best of luck.